This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to the final edition of Pink Popcorn, the movie review show that finds a little bit of homo in every film. My name is Paul Tonta. And I'm Kylie Eddy. Oh, thank you, Pete Dillon from Cravings. And uh, because this is our last show and The Grid has still got another week uh, before a whole bunch of new shows start, or there's some scheduling changes, Pete Dillon has stepped into the fray very kindly and is oh. doing a special two-hour show next week. Hooray for Pete. Thank yes, you, Pete. that's great. And what have we got on the final show this week, Kylie? Well, we are still reviewing some films. Mm. We, we have Plenty of to, films coming out. We've got, we've got stuff to do. So we're looking at the new Australian drama Sleeping Beauty, mm. plus a film that stars Brad Pitt and Sean Penn that's out in a couple of weeks' time called The Tree of Life. And then we're going we're gonna to look... Look back on our favourite films of this year so far and then cast our glance forward to the films that we're most looking forward to this year. And I guess we really look, there's been heaps of films, but we are trying to keep them kind of queer-centric. Yes. You know, there's, I mean, there's so many films coming out, but we've tried to narrow the focus as we always do to those that are gay. Yes. And there's one particular one because Kylie and I did our lists, separate lists, and then there was one Shining Star. So we're looking forward to talking about that Shining Star coming up. The one film we agree on. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It might be one of those shows. It will be. All right. If you'd like to get involved, contact us uh, SMS on 0427 Joy 949. Just uh, email on air at joy.org.au. Um, and Facebook, Kylo be frantically social networking throughout the show. And also, if you're into Twitter, which yes. is my new favourite thing, mm. um, then you can also find us at Pink Popcorn Flicks. Mm. And music wise, because it's a final show, we've pretty much got a cavalcade of all our favourites. <laughs> it's our favourite. We, we're stuff. a little bit, well, we do oh. like our. Al, Sia and our Washington. Do. We like the girls, don't I we? I know, we do love the girls. Sia and newly single, which probably it's, oh, that's it's old exciting. news. No, it's but exciting. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, new, newly single Sia and this is Clap Your Hands. You're on Pink Popcorn with Kylie and Paul on Joy 94.9. This is a Pink Popcorn podcast. This is Pink Popcorn with Kylie and Paul on Joy 94.9. The Tree of Life is an impressionistic story of a Midwestern family living through the 1950s, and the film follows the eldest son, Jack, from the innocence of childhood under the watchful eyes of his mother, Jessica Chaston, to the disillusionment of his adult years as he attempts to reconcile a complicated relationship with his father, Brad Pitt. Jack is a lost soul in the modern world, seeking answers to the origins and meaning of life while questioning the existence of faith. There are two ways through life. The way of nature and the way of grace. You have to choose which one you'll follow. We're alligators. You'll be grown before that tree is tall. It takes fierce will to get ahead in this world. Come on, hit me. Hit me. Come on, son. He's afraid of you. You expect things that a only adult can accomplish. I've just always wanted you to be strong. Be your own man. Mm. <laughs> what did you think of the Tree of Life, Paul? You know what? 
I'm still thinking about this. I saw this um, Thursday night, and I'm still thinking about it and watching little clips. And the website's actually fascinating as well. I'm getting around the topic here. I'm a huge <laughs> Terrence Malick fan as well. Lots of lots of puts in here. I was actually disappointed by this film, I've got to say. Really? But... There's a lot in there. The religious stuff in this film oh, just me makes crazy. me gag. There's lots of... Ah! Yeah, there's so much choral music, it seriously... And walking around on the beach yes. to choral music, yes. seeing the people that yes, have yes, gone yes. from your lives and... yeah. So there's a lot of that spiritual afterlife kind of la-la-la, which I, I, I can't stand. <laughs> and then it's mixed in with the beginning of yes. life, i.e. Volcanoes. Your volcanoes. Lava for no. 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. No kidding, people. Come on. This is going to be a great stoner film. You can see like 2000. <laughs> it is. It's going to be like a 2001 film where people are just going to trip and go, whoa, whatever. But you know what? It has been compared a lot to Stanley Kubrick's yes. Space Odyssey 2001. Now, I also hate that film. Oh, really? See, I love that film. See, I hate it. And I know that I am certainly mm. in the minority on that. But for me, I have never got the appeal of that film. I just, something goes over my head. I don't know. I'm just not interested. It bores me to death. And from the first frame of this film, I started getting really scared. Mm. A, that I wasn't close enough to the door. Because it's, it's long as well. It's two, it's two hours, and a half 20, hour. yeah, two and a half hours. Yeah. It's a really interesting film because when we're doing the, in the reviews and, and this review and getting a synopsis, there really isn't a synopsis for this. And what no. I said is kind of like, you, you read this film and you go, really? That's what it's about? Because you go, I didn't really get that. It's really just this very impression, impressionistic, it said that, which is probably the, the most truest part of it. Word. Um, it's just this kind of, you know, 50s life. And the main character really is this young kid, Jack, who I think is phenomenal. He is an incredible actor. Most of this film of all the actors' faces are very close up. Like it's quite, you're in with them. Um, Brad Pitt plays the father. The interesting thing is uh, on that clip we we played, the way of this two, the mother says there's two ways through life, the way of nature, the way of grace. That's at the start. And you kind of go, okay, this is where it's leading. The father's nature, the mother is grace. And Mm. it's, and you kind of go, you filter the whole film through those ideas and you kind of go, well, does that mean that nature isn't graceful? Because, you know, I I keep thinking about all this stuff in a minute. The father's, he becomes quite, he becomes quite violent and he expects so much from his children Mm. because he's a failure himself. He's one of these, you know, he projects onto his children. And the mother, unfortunately, like a lot of characters in Terrence Malick's films, is very passive and just sort of is the mother. Um, Yeah. Yeah, these are, look, I had lots of things running through my mind during this film, mainly when will it end? No, and what were you going to have for dinner? Yeah, Yeah, what am I going to have for dinner? And how can I exit this cinema without making a scene? Because I saw it in a critic screening, so I'm like, it's going to be really embarrassing if I can't handle it. And then about an hour and a half in, I really needed to go to the bathroom. Mm. So that occupied my mind for the rest of the time. So, you know, I had my own inner kind of dialogue going. I think what makes me so disappointed about this film is the middle hour is actually fantastic. The, there's kind of a top and a tail which is very, oh, you know, I, I don't even really know how to describe it and it goes it's very fanciful. The top really goes through all the different eras. It basically goes from, yeah. it has the dinosaurs it has like <laughs> the afterlife on the beach Yeah. it has the bits of the family but also has Sean Penn who plays Jack as an adult. Yes, and so it's going really through time zones you, you and time zones and all this ugh. lava, lots of lava. Lots of lava yeah. and lots of in the, in the utero yes. um, being wombing being born so kind of stuff. There are, 
<laughs> and then the middle section is really the 50s, the kids. And it's really told from the perspective of Jack, this yes. young child, and it's from his moment of birth. And it's him growing up. And, I mean, obviously there's no narrative really. It's just little little slices of life from his life. And I have to admit, I found that really engaging. Mm. I really loved that part of it. And that was for probably approximately about an hour. And I really thought that was fantastic. But then the other hour and a half on either side just really, for me, lessened the effect. I don't really like Terrence Malick films. I don't like The Thin Red Line. I don't like Badlands. Yep. So maybe I'm not the right person. Which is true because he film. does have a sensibility and you're he there does. or you're not. You really, I absolutely agree. This, I wanted to like this so much. Look, it won the, the top prize at the Cannes Film oh, Festival. Oh, won the Pandora. Uh, Pandora. I can't believe yeah, it. Yeah, it's been going like it's basically, there are five Five editors on this film. Oh. Like, literally, that's when you see five editors on a film, people. Wow, that's, yeah. Um, and it's been in the editing process for a number of years. Obviously, there's lots of, not a lot, there's some special effects involved. Um, Douglas Trumbull, who did the special effects for 2001, is a consultant on this. Oh, bit that's of a bad thing sign. There. So, look, this is a film that you really just do, you've got to just sit back. Let it let it sort of absorb and, and maybe work. maybe maybe smoke some yeah um, illegal some, substances. Maybe which we're, not uh, we're not condoning, but but yeah, you absolutely. Know. But it's it's a film that it's not. It's a very very. I think it's a very difficult film to first off just to really you know kind of get your head around because it's grappling some. It is some big things like big things. Is it pretentious? Yes. <laughs> so that's the thing. There's no, you know, and that's the I thing. know that was a rhetorical question, I, but I felt I had to me, answer it. For me, some of the problems in this film, the Sean, when you see the Sean Penn character, is just, you go, What a waste. What, what a waste. What was, what was the point of him? Like, you didn't actually, I think apparently there's a, Kylie, you'll freak out. There's apparently a six hour version of this film. <laughs> no! No. Yeah, I know. Seriously, your idea of hell. No, Mine's a six-hour version of Bridesmaids. This is your version <laughs> of hell. Um, the thing, and maybe his character is fleshed out because it kind of would make sense why he's there. Because, and it would put everything in perspective it's not really about. Explained. He does he realize his father how his father behaved when he was a child? Anyway. I just think it was an excuse to get Sean Penn in one of those crisp linen shirts and wow. have him trouncing around on the beach. I mean, really, does, I bet he's going to get an Oscar nomination for this. Well, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think this one's going to be a bit tricky for him. Quick content, nada. No, unless, unless any of the dinosaurs are gay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. I couldn't quite the tell. Compassionate, that's interesting about the compassionate dinosaur. Anyway, that's. I, I do think this is a film to... To look, go and see. I think it's look. It won the Palm Door. I think any film that wins the Palm Door can you've got to see. You know, it's it's it, if you're interested in, in world cinema, it's just the film to talk about as well. It's a good film to, to it, really. It certainly is. There's plenty to yeah. go. To you know, you can talk to the cows come home. Absolutely, and it's in release next week. We're not sure how wide, but it'll be in it'll be in cinemas. cinemas. And what uh, rating are you? Oh, I'm going to give it three stars. Yeah, I'm giving it one star. Yeah, okay. That's <laughs> the Tree of Life from Terex Miller. Now, Robin. We love Robin so much. Uh, we have to play Robin on our final yeah. show. Robin's coming up we- in a little while with uh, with Hang With Me. This is Pink Popcorn with Kylie and Paul on Joy 94.9. This is a Pink Popcorn podcast. Uh, it wouldn't be Pink Popcorn without Robin. Hang oh, With Me. This is it. Pink Popcorn with Kylie and Paul on Joy 94.9. And seeing as though this is our last show, in case you've just tuned in, tears, many tears, um, we're going to be talking about some of our favourite films um, from this year. We're pretty much at the halfway point. Halfway through the year, a good time to revisit uh, some of our favourite films. We are kind of looking at it from a slightly queer eye. Mm. And one of the highlights, I think, of this year has been uh, I Love You, Philip Morris. And finally, I would like to thank you for this man, Jesus. This man who 
pursued me to the ends of the earth who worked so hard to make us happy. Amen. Amen. I just sometimes I want to cry when I think about how happy I am. I'm gay. You're what? Gay, 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 gay. Have been as long as I can remember. What do you say? I see a wiener. What? There's no wiener. Uh-huh. It didn't take me long to realize being gay is really expensive. So I became a con man. Cash or charge? Charge. Credit card fraud. I was selling bad tomatoes. Anything to make a buck. Uh, <laughs> the one great thing about I mean, this is a fantastic film. It is one of my favorite queer films of the year as well. It is shown that this played at the Melbourne Queer Film Festival and then is on a theatrical release and has been incredibly successful. Well, it's still playing now if you're quick. Yes. It is still playing at Cinema Nova. Yeah. There, there, so, I mean, that's incredible. It's been months. Yeah, so since March. So that's, I think, for me, one of the one of the, my highlights, of course, you know, films. But in general, is it the, the amount of queer films that are in cinemas? So films like Hell, Heartbeats, um, I Love You, Philip Morris, Kaboom, the Gregor Maraki film. It has been a great year yes. for queer cinema. More queers on the big screen. And I, one of the highlights for me has um, been discovering. I know I didn't discover him. I mean, I discovered <laughs> for my, you know, for myself from other people that Xavier Dolan, yes. who is the writer, director, mm-hmm. actor costume designer, film ingenue who um, is from French, uh, he's French Canadian, um, who did Heartbeats, which would have to be one of my favourite films, not just of this year, but maybe of the last five years, Mm. Um, and also How I Killed My Mother. Yes, I Killed My Mother. Yeah, it is. He's an amazing, and he's actually just, he's in post-production now, so he's made another film called Lawrence Always about a transgender. Uh, It's a big story. Big, big, wow. big story. Actually, I can't a, wait yeah, to see so what he... I mean, he's only year. 23 or something, so what he's going to do next, I can only wait. So that has been a huge discovery for me mm. this year. Has there been any other highlights? Yeah, some of my highlights. I mean, the Melbourne Queer Film Festival, the films we talked about before in cinema releases, they're, they're my favourites as well. But in the Melbourne Queer Film Festival, I had some little gems in there. One of my favourite films was Slashed, a short film. Oh, yeah. That was Tasmanian. That That's was just great. outstanding. Yeah. Um, also, we had... Um, Bonnie here was a guest in the studio for a documentary called Orchids, My Intersex Adventure, um, which is a Queensland documentary, which is outstanding. I, I think yeah. that was one of my favourite films this year. Me too. That will be on TV, I'm pretty sure, later this year. Um, so you'll be able to check that out. It's a fantastic, fantastic. documentary. Fantastic. And one of my other favourites was A Marine Story. I love that yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. I absolutely really yeah. delivered. There are so few lesbian feature films that are not kind of histrionic and on the soapbox yeah. and also have something to say. Mm but a really kind of subtly acted. Really gutsy film. I, yeah. I thought it was a superb film. Yeah, absolutely. And some of your, Kylie? Well, I'm going to guess now switch to more mainstream right. films that maybe are not as queer on the surface. You know, you have to kind of... <laughs> <laughs> Dig deeper. Yeah, that's like right. Dig deep. Um, Black Swan. Yeah, oh no, well that's, there's queer stuff in that. Absolutely. I mean, there is an incredible girl-on-girl yes. scene in there that includes some beautiful kind of swan mm type wings and all sorts of amazing things. So, I love that film. Uh, that film is fantastic and that is definitely a highlight. One of the greatest final scenes in cinema oh, in many oh, years. It's so great. Actually, my um my partner Rose is in the studio <gasps> today. She's joined us for our very last uh, show. She's not actually ever been in this new Joy <gasps> studio, so that's... We had, to, we had Welcome, to remedy Rose. that. Hi, Rose. She's staying very far away from the <laughs> microphone. Hello, Rose. Hello. <laughs> now, you just uh, saw Black Swan on DVD recently. I did, yes. Did you like it? I loved it. Did you like the end? 
Um, yeah, I really like the end, but I really love Natalie Portman. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we can see where Rose's, uh, where her experience lies. We both like Natalie Portman. Yeah, it's 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 an easy thing. Yeah, it's an easy. And I guess decision. finally, well, no, that's enough of Rose. <laughs> uh, put, Turn the mic up. Get out of here. <laughs> um, the, thanks, Rose. The other thing that I think is maybe a bit more of a stranger twist, and I cannot believe I'm saying this is one of my favourite films, but mm. now I've had time to kind of process it. I would like to say that Snowtown wow. has really made an impression on me wow. this year. It really hurt me to watch it, and it was quite harrowing. It does have some queer content in there because some of the victims have um, this kind of he targets. It's about a serial killer who yep. targets gay men. Um, but I am really, really appreciating what incredible Australian film that yes. has been. It's very masterful. So I wanted to include that on my list. And that's actually been – I was away that week and we talked about it. Well, you talked about it. And I, I think it's superb and I've seen it. I work for the distributor of that film, so I sort of had to see it twice for work. Oh, good Lord. And I didn't want to see it the second time. <laughs> no, I really didn't. No. But actually – it improved for me the second time. Actually, put so much more I- the pieces in place. It's a, I think it's a magnificent film. I, yeah, I just think it's a it's, masterpiece. And, I, know, yeah. I hope that it gets recognised at Australian Film Awards mm. and and wider because while it is harrowing, I do believe it has a purpose. It's, it does. It's not for gratuitous no, sake. It no. is really it's a very intelligent, thought out film. Yeah. It's so quite, quite I'm, I'm shocked that I've put that on my list, but I wanted to include yes. it. Have you got any final? My outsiders? my favourite film of the year. Oh, it's a big call. It's so far, so far. It's Of Gods and Men, the French drama, wow. which has queer content in it. And I, I, I think this film is – it's in cinema still, in limited release. It is superb. That's a, the uh, the French monks living in northern Africa. Um, breaks my heart, that film. Well, what I will do is put uh, those, that list of films up on our Facebook page. You can always join us on Pink Popcorn on Facebook. Just search for Pink Popcorn Flicks mm. or go to uh, joy.org.au forward slash Pink Popcorn while the links are there. I will actually be continuing to update our Facebook page even though Pink Popcorn, the hour-long show, yeah. is over. I will still be doing movie reviews for Joy. Yes. So, you know, sign up. Like it and, you know, I'll put a list of these favourite films up. And we've just looked back on the first half of this year and coming up on the show, we'll be looking forward to the films that we're most excited about seeing. Um, But up next, we'll be talking about the new Australian drama Sleeping Beauty. This is a Pink Popcorn podcast. This is Pink Popcorn with Kylie and Paul on Joy 94.9. In Sleeping Beauty, Emily Browning stars as Lucy, a student and sometimes upscale prostitute who moves through life with little emotion or passion. Earning her rent from the occasional trick or by participating in medical research, a job ad leads her to a fortuitous meeting with the similarly distant but far more accomplished Clara, played by Rachel Blake. When Clara offers her work as a sleeping beauty, Lucy begins a journey into a world that she can never see and a sleep from which she may never wish to wake. Thank you for coming. Such a pleasure to see such a unique beauty. Let me tell you how things should proceed. I'll describe the job and then, if you're interested, we'll discuss particulars. You will be working with other girls, some of whom will have more responsibilities. There is room for promotion. We rely on mutual trust and discretion. And I'm obliged to tell you there are heavy penalties, very heavy penalties for any breaches of discretion. 
Yes, you are clear, Rachel Blake, with that very sexy voice. I was going to say, I'm just about to fall asleep now. (laughs) Well, you're getting drowsy now. You and I have not discussed this at all, having seen. I'm quite excited to find out what you feel about it. But before we jump in, I do want to say I had quite an uncomfortable experience watching this film, not because of necessarily the content of the film, but because I saw a a midday session at a reputable cinema and it was a very strange crowd. So there were quite a few... um, Raincoat brigades? Yeah. Right. There was quite a few older men in tracksuit pants. Yeah. And very dodgy, <clears throat> very strange vibe. And then there were a whole bunch of kind of um, women who, like girlfriends who were seeing a film together. And it was just a very incongruous wow. kind of mix. And I think that this film might get that kind of, I mean, I'm sure they've thought of this. Um, but it's, you know, for those, for just FYI, if any of those people <laughs> are listening now, I'm sure that they're probably not. You and I think you'll struggle to get turned on by this film because it's really not sexy. Oh no, this is an incredibly unerotic film. But is it supposed to be erotic? <laughs> well, I don't think it is supposed no, to be erotic. No, I think not. it's purposely unerotic, yes. specifically for that audience, and that means though that it is quite an unsettling, settling film. It's an incredibly unsettling film. I. It's interesting. We're talking about two films that were in the Cannes Film Festival the competition. Pretentious, pretentious? Question mark. Um, <laughs> I, I want to kind of answer that one with a yes as well, yeah, but anyway. <laughs> but this film again is something that you do. I saw this actually. I saw this yesterday. Yes, I did. Um, I. And I am still thinking about it. And it's something that I find is fascinating. It's written. Julia Lee wrote and directed it. It's she's a novelist. Yes. Um, n- number of novels. This is her first film. It's the first thing she's ever filmed. Never done a short film. That's amazing. Nothing, yeah. Which is extraordinary. So, yeah. written by, directed by a woman, produced by a woman. Um, I find these films about female objectification made by women fascinating. Like, really, really, really fascinating. Do you mean f- fascinating, not fascinating? Are you being no, no, <laughs> facetious? I'm being serious. I'm, no, I'm being serious because yeah. I think if a man had made this, there would be a lot of, you know, accusations of misogyny and, you know, objectification, sure. what have you. sure. Because this is, I mean, she's a passive character. Like, I find this really fascinating because she just... Well, I guess that's kind of the mythology of Sleeping Beauty, that yeah. really her power is in her being passive. Yeah. And, but, but wow, it's, it's... She gives all her power over yeah. for, for no real... Reason. For reason. She just does it. Like, it's, she's, I mean, look, she's a student and she has a number of really boring jobs. Um, the opening scene is quite interesting, the job that she has to do, which is... Of, medical, this is the medical research medical kind research of... Stuff. Yeah, that's the most She has to swallow thing. something and it's something that, obviously, it's very, you know, open your mouth and it's very, it's quite Very penetrative. Very penetrative. Exactly, that's the that's point. A, but that's about as much as you get, really, in the whole film. But there's a lot of dualities in this film, like the penetration idea like mm. because there's later on you know one of the rules in the sleeping beauty is no penetration i uh, just to explain what the sleeping beauty is just in case you didn't know because you know yeah. it's so common is that apparently apparently uh men want to pay to sleep and actually sleep yep. if there's no penetration with a woman and so the, you know there's this woman who gets drugged consensually uh, to spend the night with men yeah and the rules are no penetration and no harm. Yeah. But I mean, that's for me. That's that's one of the points. You go no penetration. What they can do anything else. They can you know like throw her around well, yeah, or yell at is- her. But she's not. She's asleep. She's drugged, so she can't hear that she's being told X, Y, and Z. It's, yeah, but I really think is that the best you got. 
No, you know, really, the film, there's something in the film that's pretty full on. Though, what happens to her? That middle guy, the Chris Haywood character. Yeah, but even so, at the end of the day, he calls her some horrible names and he licks her face. Really? <laughs> I mean, really? But he do- yeah, okay. There's something else he does, but yeah, uh, he, he does do something. He does do one other thing. I have to admit that he's causing harm. But overall, what you could do, I mean, re- I of just course, was like, it's so pedestrian. Of course, you're but- paying a lot of money for a whole lot of nothing. Of course, but I mean, whether or not this is catch is... No, I agree with you. It's catch in a film. The thing that I also found interesting about this... I mean, I think the psychosexual nature of films, like Eyes Wide Shut, you know, Last Time in Paris, you know, many European films, um, it's... In the middle of, you know, it's, I think it's set in Sydney, This the house where this all takes place is outside, probably near Blue Mounds or somewhere. Sure. You know, gorgeous. Everyone is dressed up to the nines. Yes. Very wealthy clients. Very wealthy. And that thing about this film, the duality, you've got this lower because she's a student, she's got no money, she has to do all these awful jobs. And then, you know, she enters this world of this really, I mean, they're upper class. Sure. Like, you know, they're really wealthy people. Well, you have to pay a lot of money to have you someone. You have to pay a lot of money to do this. <laughs> Yeah, look, oh, I have, the thing that I struggle with this film is that, you know, it is about um, sex and yet no sex is actually shown on screen. There's not even any kissing. There's nothing. And that is clearly a choice. For me, I just found it kind of boring at the end of the day. Like, there were a couple of – I really wanted to know more and I guess as well because Lucy, the character, it's never really – her motivations are never really explained. There's a whole subplot with another character that you kind of go, that's kind of – I don't really know what's going on there. I can kind of guess, but I don't oh, – I mean, there is, oh, I don't know. Not sure. That subplot is this character called Birdman who – I presume that you're talking about Birdman. Yes. Who is – she? he's a, basically a recluse. We think he's, you know, addicted to oh, – he's alcoholic or, or drugs or what have you. Um, and she provides all his food, which involves basically vodka and breakfast and cereal. Breakfast cereal. <laughs> um, but they have this sort of falsity, their, their conversation, their dialogue, it's all very false. Um, and so nothing in her life is real. Like it's yeah. quite interesting that her whole life. And then also when she gets money, the thing that leaves, there's lots of questions. When yeah, she gets lots money, of questions. What is she, why is she doing it for? I mean, I also find, and this is a very difficult thing to talk about in this context, the ending of the film. Oh. I just went. Drives me. I, no, I literally went. Uh, what? Yeah. And everyone in the cinema around me went. What? what? Yeah. There was Are a, you kidding? Yeah. There was a bit of a. Uh, a what? Ah. Uh, and if you sat through that, you. I look. I kind of want a climax. Yeah. Let's be blunt. Or, or there's something that like. See, I mean, obviously, I think one of her biggest uh, um, uh, inspirations is Michael Haneke, the, the the Austrian filmmaker who I love, um, and his films are often, you know, have these sort of these endings as well. But they have some substance. And these these endings, like in Anna McGoin films or what have you, that tie everything up. Or you go, Well, you want a visual oh, image or you want or something. something because the opening image is actually really incredible. It is pretty amazing. And so you kind of want to tail that with nothing, another. But there's, it nothing. does leave this you ending, hanging. This ending, I find, just go, I'm going, I can't even scratch this to get what this means. It's really not meaning anything. I'm sure someone's going to go, yes, it means this. But I... Well, tell us. If you yeah. if you know, if you've seen it. But that. I really found... I head scratch. So look, look... Quick content. Well, there's, there a little, is, there's a little bit in there. but There's a little bit of kind of lesbian undertones. It's like she's fairly indiscriminate with yeah. who she sleeps with. And there is a little toss bit of... Toss of a coin. Think about that. It's a, yeah. the duality thing. There's a toss of a coin. There's a lot of duality in this film. So it's but not it's, overt. It's, it's no. very restrained. Um, look, exactly. There's quite a lot. You see kind of these weird parties where, you know, semi-clad women are going around. But it's very antiseptic and... Yeah. 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 So, um, yes. What are you going to give this Oh, one? it's a really hard one to score. Oh, gosh. Two stars. Yeah, I'm going to – I might even give it one and a half. Yeah, oh, it's, that's, it's oh, an odd one. That's but sad. anyway, it's um, 
look, it's it's, it's look, it's a talking point film. You know, people will want to go and sit to make their own mind up. And yeah, there were a lot discuss. of people at the cinema. I have to admit, in between the guys in the in the raincoats, there were yeah. a lot of people yeah. there. So I, during the middle of the day, so yes. I think it's going to do well. Yeah, so it's in it's in very limited release um, at the moment. So go and check it out. That Sleeping Beauty coming up next. We'll be talking about the films that we're most looking forward to in the second half of this year. But right now, this is Punching in a Dream by the Naked and Famous. This is Pink Popcorn with Kylie and Paul on Joy 94.9. This is a Pink Popcorn podcast. This is Pink Popcorn with Kylie and Paul on Joy 94.9. Oh, good Lord, it's going so fast today, Kylie. Our last show. I know. I'm really, actually, I'm starting to tear up now. Maybe that's the thought of... Sleeping Beauty and how exactly. sleepy I was. Rose is going to get getting the tissues, so she'll be back in a minute. She'll be back in a bit with the tissues <laughs> mopping up our tears. So, because we've already discussed um, the films that we liked in the first half of the year, the films with the queer bent, um, what films are we most looking forward to the second half? Well, the polls are in. Kylie and Paul poll. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and we've we, agreed. And we've agreed. Dun, dun, dun. No, the one film actually I think that is going to be pretty fantastic it better be god damn it it's beginners it's the new film from mike mills my parents got married in 1955 they had a child and they stayed married for 44 years until my mother died six months later my father told me he was gay i'm gay i remember him wearing a purple sweater when he told me this but actually he wore a robe i'm gay he was gay the whole time they were married oliver i just met a girl you point i'll drive this one Oliver? Yeah. They had some wonderfully loud music in the club tonight. Insect, insect, What kind of music's that? Probably house music. House music. <laughs> okay. House. House music. Oh, Chris, that's Christopher Plummer playing the father. So I thought he's got his gay badge because Santa Music's, you know, <laughs> yeah. And now this. I mean, it, just the tone of that trailer is oh. right up my alley yep. because it's super self referential. It is kind of got that postmodern irony because yep. we're hipsters. We love that stuff. Yeah. And. He talks to a dog. And he talks to a dog. All that dialogue, oh. he's talking to a dog. So I'm Bobby. already right there because I love the doggy. And the dog's thinking back and has the subtitles of the dog's thinking. I know. <sighs> I'm going to tra- put the link for that trailer up on our Facebook page because it is a fantastic trailer. If it doesn't get you excited about the film, then you're just not gay yeah. enough. I haven't seen it. It closed the Sydney Film Festival last week. I, was, uh, I wasn't there for that, unfortunately. But I, um, it, look, it might be. Can't say, cannot say. It might be the Melbourne uh, International Film Festival coming up, but it is in release in August and August the 25th. So yeah, that so is, it will be out and about soon. Yeah, Ewan McGregor stars as the son uh, and Christopher Plummer as the gay father. Mike Mills, by the way, he's a very famous video um, director. He's also the, the husband of Miranda July. Um, he's just one of the hippest, you know, filmmakers just guys out there. It's crazy. Crazy. I mean, it sounds fantastic. So that's so Beginners. That's, the, that's called Beginners, top of the list. Uh, what else have you got on your list of uh, looking forward to, Phil? Well, you know what? Here's a bit of a uh, uh, bring you down a bit. I'm looking for a Glee live 3D concert movie. <laughs> Seriously, I love Glee so much it hurts. You know what? I have just given um, Alan Tuxford, our fantastic producer and button pusher, and you, you've both just told me that you've just bought your... <laughs> bought your tickets to the Dolly concert, and guess who you're both taking? Our mums. Your mums. Super, super gay. Super gay. And super now gay. you're saying you want to see the Glee movie. I know. Oh, Paul. See, there's a side of me you think I'm all art house and highbrow. 
Oh, no. No, no you, you do have a certain passion yeah, for Glee. For the Glee. I, I love it. So that's going to be just, who cares? They're just going to be singing in 3D annoys me, but whatever. They're whatever. singing, I love them. The film that I've actually seen, it's a back, back, back to the series. Back to, back to serious <clears throat> Paul. Back to serious Paul with the subtitles. Um, no, it's a, it's a French drama called Tomboy. And this is the new film from the director of Water Lilies, which is that French drama, the lesbian drama. Oh, yeah, that's yep. a fantastic that's film. It. This new film is phenomenal so much. It's I, I still can't get over how good it is. Did you see this at the Sydney I Film Festival? I saw it at the Sydney Film Festival, yes. Um, it's basically about a family who move, move away. And then and the 11-year-old, well, starts off you think uh, this, this older sibling is a boy. Uh, and he meets some new friends and introduces himself as Mikhail. Um, so, you know, and he looks like a boy. Uh, you know, talking, you know, talking, they hang around. And then 15 minutes or so into the film, when... Um, Mikhail is at home playing with his sister and his mo- the mother comes in and goes, oh, girls, stop mucking about. And huh? you just go, what, what the? So this, this character, Law, wants to be a boy and it's this phenomenal drama. And the kids, um, Law and her, her younger sister, two of the best child performances I've ever seen, hands down. It's a really emotional emotionally wrenching film but it's beautiful like it's not like it's all angsty yeah. but it's just beautifully made so that one wow. again so cannot that- confirm or deny <laughs> being in the Melbourne International Film Festival let's, starting July 21 let's hope fingers crossed let's that hope it is. it's going to be there alright well that is fantastic it's called uh, yeah Tomboy um uh, now, I'm looking forward to. I know. Bring I'm, it back down. I'm looking forward to something <laughs> which I know you're not looking forward to, and I'm. I'm kind of. I just have to say this for the lesbians out there. Jodie Foster has finally directed a new film. Her first new film in 16 years. Wow. I know. Home for the holidays. The last Home one. Home for the holidays Gosh. was the last one, which is a fantastic film, and she's finally decided to get back behind in the director's chair. She's also acting in it, and it's appropriately called Beaver. <laughs> um, I knew that. I just laughed. I know, because it's outrageous, really. But it stars Mel Gibson, mm. who plays her estranged husband, and he manages to kind of uh, – he has a breakdown, and the only way he can reconnect with his wife, Jodie Foster, um, is by using a hand puppet of a beaver, mm. to, and he speaks through the hand puppet – to kind of bring his family and his, you know, his life back together. Uh, it sounds so crazy that if anyone other than Jodie Foster was doing it, yeah. I would be running for the hills. But I'm going to give it a go. Yeah, and Mel Gibson, look, you know, forget oh, all these lethal weapon, yeah. you know, blah, all the stuff beforehand. He could act. He, he could really he act. He can act. So that's coming out at the beginning of August. Yes, and that's going to be good. And the other one is, uh, I think you're looking forward to Footloose. But, uh, <laughs> I am so excited about the remake of Footloose. Everybody cut Footloose. <laughs> so that's out, that's out in October. The new trailer's just gone up. Dennis Quaid playing the father everyone's favourite father and Zac Efron was meant to be the new oh. Ren McCormick but he pulled out he, I think yeah. he was being he was scared of being typecast as a singing dancing exactly. dude exactly so there's some unknown well. there's some unknown dancer in it but oh, I just don't care yeah, I'm, I'm loving it and the other thing I think again let's bring it up again <laughs> with subtitle action um, the new Pedro El Motivar film called The Skin I Live In which is on Boxing Day so that's something to Six months' time looking into the future. <laughs> That's what we're looking forward to. Well, there's a couple of other things, but we just don't have time to get no, to them. What lots. I'll do is I'll put I'll compile the list and I'll put it up on our Facebook page so that you can have a look at what we're looking forward to in the future months. Absolutely. Right up now, this is Navy Blues by Washington. This is Pink Popcorn with Kylie and Paul on Joy 94.9. This is a Pink Popcorn podcast. Well, that's it. The final pink popcorn with Kylie and Paul on Joy 94.9. It's gone so quick. (laughs) 
It's gone in the wind. Um, I would just like to say a really, really big thank you to Sir Alan Tuxford, who is our button pusher and producer extraordinaire. And he hasn't just worked on Pink Popcorn. He also has done the previous incarnation <gasps> of the movie review show called The Casting Couch. Alan has worked every Saturday for the last two and a half years. Ah, That's over 130 that's a shows. Big commitment. I don't know how you're going to fill your time, Alan, but I am... Sleeping. I, he's yawning now. Is he sleeping? <laughs> he's already ready to go to bed. So I just think that's a huge, you know, volunteering at Joy is really about our passion and giving back. And Alan certainly has done that. Speaking of people from the casting couch, Dr. Mark Pace also called us and renewed his membership. He is one of the first from the casting couch. So thank you, Mark. And Thomas Caldwell, I wanted to just say a personal thanks as well, because he was uh, the co-host that I used to work with on that show as well. So thank you. Huge thanks to everybody. We've also had some other regular Pink Popcorn co-hosts, Conrad Brown, Lenny Fabri, Danae yes. Gibson, who's moving on to Melbourne Queer oh Film God. Festival. Stolen her away. Um, so, you know, we couldn't do it without those people. And we've had some, um, oh, it's so nice. We've had Jill, lots oh, of emails. Look, Jill, Jill loved, loved her show, inspired, inspired her to go to the flicks. Thanks so much, Jill. Anastasia. Oh, Anastasia is fantastic. She also does a show uh, on Joy, so check her out. Oh, and then Adam. Oh, who's that? Who, whatever? Uh, speaking of Adam, Adam <laughs> Todd is coming up next with Bandcamp. Um, he has promised me a mixtape, but you know what? You can have your own mixtape every week by just listening into Adam Todd's Bandcamp. Amazing, amazing. Um, and also a big thanks to Pete Dillon, and we'll be doing a special two-hour show next week at this time. And don't forget, I mean, Kylie will still be doing pink popcorn reviews. Yeah, once um, Andy and Adrian come back from their long service leave, I'll be doing a movie review with them every Thursday morning, 8.20. Plus, I'll be updating the Facebook page with movie reviews, and I will We'll also hopefully be doing just some general movie reviews in other shows on Joy 94.9. Absolutely. So, you know, it'll still be alive. And this show wouldn't be the same without you, the listener. We have really appreciated all your feedback and we love doing it for you. So thank you to everyone. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.